0: Here in the land of Israel, we got to see some of the preparations that go into the Shabbat as we went down to the market, the Shuk, as we like to call it. We also got to see the ushering in of the Shabbat at the Western Wall, and we also got to see some of the Jews walking down to synagogue in their fancy clothes as they were preparing to go and worship as the Shabbat was coming in. We also saw just how much the city shuts down. It was truly, I don't know how you'd put it. It's not like anything you'd normally expect in a major city, right? We saw that there were really no cars on the road because Jews aren't allowed to drive. We saw how the light rail system was shut down. It really was a different city. We also went to have dinner and we went through the Shabbat traditions. We lighted the candle. We sung Shalom Aleichem to usher in the angels of the Shabbat. We blushed the bread and the juice. We also got to go through some of the various customs and, and maybe the recitations such as the man reciting Proverbs 31 to his wife, and the man of the household blessing his children. Well, that was last week, but today on the virtual voyage, we have something so exciting planned. We're going to be ascending to the holiest spot in all of Israel, the Temple Mount. Let's start here at the hostel so I can give you some specific instructions that you're going to need for today. Oh, and how has the bathroom flooding in your rooms been going? I tell you, I remember leaving my backpack one time in my uh, hostel room when I went in to take a shower and it was too close to the bathroom door and when I came out, my beloved backpack and stuff in it was absolutely soaked. I'm not joking when I say that I've had my entire room nearly covered in water before from the shower just flooding out the bathroom door. But at the same time, it's hostel life and I sure hope that you're enjoying it. I hope that you've even had the courage to maybe go talk to some cool people at at breakfast. I mean, I've met some amazing travelers with fantastic stories who are just sojourning in the land of Israel just from eating breakfast with them them at the hostel. And you may be thinking, Abigail, in all honesty, couldn't you just have put us up at a fancier hotel where we didn't have bathroom floods? And yes, but I think the hostel life really solidifies the unique travel experience we're achieving here on the virtual voyage. Okay, so anyways, there are a few things today you're going to want to make sure you have as we go to the Temple Mount. So first of all, women, let me address you. You need to have uh, your knees covered all the way to your elbows covered. If we encounter a strict guard, you might even want your ankles covered too. So as you can see right now, I'm wearing long pants. And yes, I know it's uncomfortable to be in long pants all day. It's hot. I get it. I get it. I know we're in the desert. Okay, But it would be way worse to stand in the line for security and get up to Temple Mount and then just be turned away because we don't have the right attire. Now, I also am gonna wear this little sun jacket that I have. It's nice because it has a hood, so I can always put that on if we encounter a strict garden. It also covers my elbows. So wear long pants, as I'd suggest, capris, eh. And then have a little uh, either long sleeve shirt on or, or a little sun jacket. Okay, men, let me address you. Your instruction is don't wear shorts. I know fashion and men don't always go together, but here's your instruction. So listen carefully. Don't wear shorts. Okay? You can wear maybe longer shorts, kind of bordering on capris, covering your knees, or just long pants like the rest of us. So we also need to not bring any Bibles or religious books uh, with us to the Temple Mount because they're not allowed up there. I mean, if you have an app on your phone with the Bible on it, that's fine, but you don't want to take that out and start reading it on the Temple Mount. So just leave those behind if you did bring one we'd actually have to leave it at the entrance gate but we exit from a different side of the temple mount so it would take a lot of time to go all the way around and try and retrieve that we also are going to go through the old city but we're not going to stop in the market to buy any religious souvenirs on our way over Uh, if you have any crosses or or anything really in your bag you want to make sure that you leave it behind for today Um, anything else that you want in terms of food and water is fine um, but we, we should note this, that your bag is actually going to be searched when we go up there and it's going to be searched pretty thoroughly. So if you have any little pocket knives or other, other items that could be deemed as um, weapons per se, you want to leave those behind as well. So go ahead, take a few minutes to go back. Uh, just check your bag, change clothes if you need to, and we'll meet in the lobby in, say, 10 minutes. Okay, so let's head down Jaffa Street here on the virtual voyage on Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM, and yes, I know it's really hot today, and we're all in clothes that are not conducive to cooling off. So I have an idea in in, in mind. Let's stop for a little treat. So there's this coffee shop, and it sells various kinds of uh, what we might describe as slushies. Okay, the best part is that all of the different four flavors you can get are only five shekels. That's about a dollar and fifty cents. So it's quite a steal if you ask me because a lot of places will jack up their prices quite a bit and then try to sell them uh, to tourists for those high prices. You could even get a cup of coffee maybe for 15 shekels. That's really expensive. So this place with the standardized pricing is really nice and it's actually a favorite of my family. Oftentimes we'll be out and about in Jerusalem for maybe the day. And so we'll stop in this place to get a fun drink. My siblings, they even pay for the drink sometimes using the money they find in the light rails. So. I guess in the end, something good does come out of that uh, that whole situation where they're finding the money. So it's very small, as you can tell in there. So we're not going to all fit inside. I'll go ahead and take your orders and go inside and get what you want. So the four choices you have are going to be iced coffee, not American iced coffee. Okay, this is like slushy coffee flavored drink. Iced vanilla, again, kind of like a, not a milkshake, but just kind of like a slushy vanilla flavored drink. Iced passion fruit and iced lemon mint. So those are the four choices, the iced coffee and the iced vanilla. They're more milk based and the passion fruit and lemon mint drinks, they're good, but they're gonna have that icy fruity taste. So if you wanna know my favorite, it's the iced vanilla. I think it's amazing, but you get what you you want. So let me grab the orders and I'll be right back. Okay, so with our drinks in hand, that will hopefully cool us off. Let's continue down Jaffa Street the busy roads but this time we're actually going to take a bit of a different route to get us to the Jaffa Gate. So do you remember King David Street from last week? That was the the road we took with the YMCA and with President Trump's hotel. Well just off of King David Street is this shopping center called Mamilla Mall. It's um a little less than half a mile long and it just has fa- uh, shops on either side really. Some are unique to Israel and and some um, Columbia, Nike, even American Eagle, those are going to be obviously not unique to Israel per se. So everything here is pretty expensive, but I do have one good memory of something I purchased from the Mamilla mall a few years ago. You may notice here that I'm wearing sunglasses over my glasses, and you may have wondered up to this point, why would I do that? I mean, it looks so strange. How could I even stand looking so odd with glasses and sunglasses on top? Well, I'm definitely not taking off my glasses just to wear sunglasses because I would not be able to see any one of your beautiful faces. And you've probably noticed also how bright Israel is. We're in the desert. We're close to the sun. So sunglasses are a a must really. And and on my first trip here, I didn't bring sunglasses. I thought my transition lenses on my glasses would do the trick because they do in the United States, but not here. So I I I I was dying from the sun. My dad, he found these glasses and, well, they've served me, well, ever since. As we walk down the Mila Mall, I'll tell you uh, a bit of an interesting story about this place. Enjoy looking to the right and the left and seeing all of the fancy shops, but there's actually more to this place than what meets the eye, you could say. Ha, little pun with the sunglasses there. So, in November 1947, the United Nations announced this thing called the UN Partition Plan for Palestine. And what that was supposed to do, it was, it, was, it was supposed to divide this land of Israel into Arab and Jewish parts. And then Jerusalem itself, it was going to be governed by another entity. Arabs, they were outraged by this. And so a month later, they came into Mamilla Mall, where we're standing right now, and they set fire to about 40 of the Jewish shops here. Okay, so then fast forward to 1948. This is when the War of Independence was happening. We all know at least something about that, most likely. This area right here, it was heavily bombed. You're looking around to the right and the left, and you think it just looks like one of the most glorious and and fancy places in Israel, right? But that was not the case mm, a few years ago. Well, maybe not a few, but you get the idea. This area that we're standing in, it kind of turned into a slum that really no side owned. But what it did do was it separated the old city. The old city was occupied by, by Jordan. Right, that old city market we go through, so, that, so it separated the old city from West Jerusalem, which was controlled by the Israelis. So that was, it was kind of like this, this just division down the middle, you could say. For the next almost 20 years, this area we're standing and walking through right now, it was the frequent target of Jordanian sniper attacks. It was not a safe place to be. And a few immigrant families, such as people maybe from Kurdistan, say, they were allowed to live in the houses in this area. But like I said, it was dangerous. Shootings were a regular occurrence here. Stone throwing happened quite frequently as a tactic used. And this happened for close to 20 years until Jerusalem was reunified in 1967. So the point is, this beautiful area with expensive shops that we're walking through right now, it wasn't always that. It was a very dangerous no man's land at one point. So I can see why some of you might have been confused why I would take a little bit of extra time to walk down an expensive shopping mall area when you've probably heard my rants before about how when we're on trips we're not here to shop but the history here is pretty fascinating and i think it makes it worth it to at least check this out you're stepping on the place that once separated jerusalem into two parts and it played a key role in the war for independence all right here on the virtual voyage on radio free hillsdale 101.7 fm we come out of the Mamillo mall And we're just going to walk up some stairs and right in front of us is the jaffa gate so it really isn't that much of a detour at all we just kind of made a right angle to jaffa street and then we just went parallel to the normal route we just take to get to jaffa gate all right so now we're going to head on through the market in the old city and over to the western wall area all right well instead of going up to the wall we're actually going to come over this way to a special security checkpoint to go up to the Temple Mount. So a little different than how we normally do this. I'm gonna have you just come here and and we're just gonna stand in line for a little bit. It's not that long. Okay, here we are. So put your bag on the table and then walk through the metal detector. And they're really careful here. So they'll probably do some extra searching through your bag. So, So don't be alarmed by that, okay? Okay, so now we come out of the security area. Everyone followed the instructions I gave you. So really happy about that. We got through security quickly. Now we're on a little bit, of this enclosed bridge of sorts that kind of leads us up, uh, leads us up to the Temple Mount. Again, we don't have Robinson's Arch and the corresponding steps going up to the Temple Mount anymore. We talked about that a few a few tours ago. So this structure is what we use to get up to the Temple Mount today. So we're not backed up that far, but we have a little bit of a wait. Uh, so, we can actually enjoy some of the scenery around us. If you look to the left here, look out these little slats, you'll actually see the Western Wall and we're actually getting an aerial view, which I really like. Okay, while we're waiting, I'm also gonna take this time to make another note. We already know that I told you to leave your religious books behind for today, such as the Bible, but you need to make sure that you take note of this. There's also no praying on the Temple Mount. We'll talk about this uh, towards the end of the tour, but there are guards up there on the Temple Mount who will actually be watching and making sure that people are adhering to this rule. That's so what's important that you you don't uh, make a show per se about that. So as we come up out of the temple, we see this guard, and, and he's actually making sure everyone is wearing appropriate attire for the Temple Mount. Before you can actually go out into the Temple Mount and disperse around the area, this guy is going to make sure that we are all following the rules because it's a religious site. Oh, see that? Man, right in front of us, out. Oh, so he just got turned away, and he has to go all the way back. And if he wants to come up in the Temple Mount, he needs to go change because he was wearing shorts. So he actually has to go back through that line and come up here. And like I said, it does happen every time that I've 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 seen this place. Always someone gets turned away. So I, that's why I wanted us to be so careful. Well, I am so happy because we're officially here on the Temple Mount, and it is a surreal feeling to say the least. Over here to the right, if you just look this way, we have the Alaska Mosque, which you've probably heard about. Um, Not going to spend too much time talking about that, but that is that place right there. Okay, now turn back over here and and look up a little bit. Okay, do you see that? Yep, you see the Golden Dome. There you go. So that's the Dome of the Rock, and it's glinting in the sun. The Dome of the Rock is on a bit of a raised uh, platform of sorts. We're going to have to go up a few steps to get up there. We're on the lower portion of the Temple Mount right now. Now turn left a little bit. We need to take about 10 steps this way. So come over here. And do you see this fountain? It's called the fountain of Qasim Pasha. And it's a drinking fountain. Yes, but it's also used for Islamic ablution. So you can see kind of the area where you can maybe get in and kind of sit down. And then what, what Muslims would do is they will wash their face, their arms, wipe their head and wash your feet. And that can all be done in this fountain. So that's that's kind of a uh, something that's unique to to Islam. So next, I know this is the part that's super exciting and you've probably dreamt about this for a long time, but I'm going to invite you to join me as we head on over to the Dome of the Rock. Like I said, we have to go up a few steps, but now here we go. And we step out onto the platform and we see its glory right in front of us. Now, today we see the Dome of the Rock and yes, it's pretty spectacular, of course, but I want you to try to imagine something different. Try to imagine that right there in front of us, we are looking at the temple. Try to imagine the most glorious temple with the priests, with the people, with the sacrifices, the presence of God right here in front of us. People would be, be coming, it be bustling, the priests would have been blessing the people, and, and God's glory would have surrounded this most unique place. I also should mention, because you may not know this, at least I didn't know this when I first, first was thinking about the Temple Mount, but there are actually debates over where the temple would have been. A lot of people say it's over the Dome of the Rock. That's where the temple would have been, then the Dome of the Rock was built uh, on the place where the temple uh, used to stand. Others have placed it in different areas. One possible placing is is actually over the fountain where we were just at, and the fountain might have been the location of the Holy of Holies. So we can't really know for sure, but the Jews do say that their Messiah, when he returns, will know the place where the temple is to be built, where the Holy of Holies was, and he'll essentially just, just know and direct them to build the temple in the right place. So you may know that we can't go into the Dome of the Rock today. It's been restricted to only Muslims for for many years, but still we can walk up to it, we can walk around it, and we can use our imagination as best as we're able. Okay, so next on the virtual voyage on Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM, follow me over here to these very large steps. Do you remember when we first arrived in Jerusalem and we went up to Samuel's tomb and I talked about Psalm 121 and how that was a Psalm of Ascent. So the Psalms of Ascent are, are actually sung, or they would have been sung by the Levi are the Leviim. So that's actually one of the sections of the families making up the priesthood for the Jews. And these people, they would have these priests, they would have sung the Psalms as they were ascending the steps to the Temple Mount. These steps right here in front of us. That would have happened right there. Take a step, go stand on one of those steps and imagine what it would have been like for the priest to have been singing those psalms as they're going up to the temple to perform their duties. We actually have to go down these steps. I guess we can sing a psalm of (laughs) descent and they're quite large, so be careful here. But we're actually gonna go down to see this sealed gate. We've seen this from the other side when we were up on the Mount of Olives. Do you remember the, the golden gate that I talked about? that the Jews believe their Messiah will come through, but right now it's sealed. It's pretty cool to be able to see such a spot, and now you've seen both sides. Okay, now I want us to loop around, and, and there's something here that can't be missed, and unfortunately, a lot of people don't know about it. So so come over here. Do you see this piece of rock? It looks like a rock just sticking out of the side. It's actually a bedrock, so it's a piece of, of the mountain, um, a mountain that we believe is, is Mount Moriah. We know that the Temple Mount sits in the mountain, And a while ago, I talked about how the Jews believe that the world's creation began at this place called the Foundation Stone. Do you remember that? And that's what's now inside the Dome of the Rock. Okay, now, remember the story when Abraham took Isaac, his only son, to be sacrificed, because God commanded him to sacrifice his only son. Now, if you remember from that story, as a careful reader, you might have remembered that Abraham went to the mountain range of Moriah. So the Jews believe that Isaac was nearly sacrificed again, God then provided, Uh, But they believe Isaac was nearly sacrificed on the same foundation stone. So they actually call this mountain we're on right now Mount Moriah. So that is fair, right? Um, If if indeed tradition is correct, uh, it's possible that this is Mount Moriah. But again, they went to the the mountain range of Moriah. So it's a a little bit dicey there. There's no real clear-cut biblical passage that calls the mountain on which the temple mount sits Mount Moriah. We've mainly arrived at that conclusion from tradition and a few other texts in the Bible that aren't super clear. But whatever mountain you want to call it, I'll call it Mount Moriah because of tradition, this bedrock sticking out is actually a portion of the mountain on which the Temple Mount sits. So you also might notice that there really aren't any Jews up here. So while Jews could technically come up here if they were ritually pure, such as immersing, immersing in the mikveh, which we talked about a little bit ago, many of the relig- religious Jews will still not come up here out of fear for accidentally stepping on a holier place on the Temple Mount such as where the temple might have stood, and that's possible that they could step on the temple or, or where it might have stood because they don't know the exact spot. And for Jews who do want to go up, only a certain number of them are allowed at a time. Now, one group we consistently see up here are religious Zionists. These are these are people who are usually Orthodox Jews, and, and they're Zionists. That means that they're following uh, all the practices of Orthodox Judaism, but they also believe that Israel is the land given to the Jews and the Jews alone. And yes, Orthodox Jews also believe that The Zionists specifically act on it, meaning that you can probably now guess why they want to be up on the Temple Mount. They believe it belongs to them, not the Muslims, and they believe it's their duty to be up on the Temple Mount and to be up here praying. Oh, there's one last thing to check out, and that's the Dome of the Chain, which is this open prayer house. You've probably seen it, just that smaller-looking bluish dome structure in pictures, and that's what that is, so it's good to know what it is. Okay, we have to rush a little bit because we're starting to be told to hurry up. The visitation hours are ending for non-Muslims up here. So let's go ahead and make our way to the back of the platform. And we have to exit through the Lion's Gate, another gate in Jerusalem's Old City. Yes, there are a lot of gates. And I think we'll have gone through them all or at least seen them. We can't go through the Golden Gate, but we've been there from both sides now. I hope that you enjoyed our tour today. Ascending to the Temple Mount is a day I've never forgotten. And I hope it's a day that you'll never forget. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of The Virtual Voyage, the armchair travel show with me, Abigail, on Radio Free Hillsdale, 101.7 FM. I hope you'll tune back in next week as we go to the Church of the Holy Sepulchre and the Garden Tomb and see a potential spot for Jesus' crucifixion and two potential spots for his burial. After examining the evidence, it will be your turn to make a conclusion. All that and more next time on the Virtual Voyage.